My fellow Americans, are you tired of the new normal? Are you tired of the lies? Election fraud. You know the thing that the mainstream media and big tech says doesn't exist? It is time to end it. We must keep going. If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, keep moving. Many of you are sitting here because you're wanting to know what the plan is. This has to be peaceful. We have the right to peacefully assemble. The solution has been in front of us all along. Ask God if you should step into the gap and become a part of the plan. The plan is simple. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We are the plan. If you're waiting for others to do the work for you, you're going to be waiting a long time. We are Conservative Daily. Welcome back, friends and patriots and lovers of freedom, the Constitution, and America. My name is Apollo. Welcome back to Conservative Daily. And I have with me, I believe, the impeccable, illustrious Ash in America. Ash, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes. Queen of the obvious. <laughs> I prefer queen consort obvious. Oh. Queen consort <laughs> obvious. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome back, everybody. Uh, it is a glorious Wednesday morning in uh, the kingdom of the Lord. Here unto in the 2022nd year of our Lord, as the Biden White House so eloquently put in five proclamations that came out last Friday. Um, but we have a lot, a lot to talk about. And, uh, we do. Should we, we jump do. into... Looking, uh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, no, we're looking at really incoherent uh, foreign policy. And I, I published the White House press briefing daily recap that I do every day and apollo you and i were having a uh, well every day that there's a, a recap you and i were having a debate this morning the reason it took me so long to publish yesterday is uh one i was having some technology issues which hopefully are fixed now but i uh, didn't have a transcript to work with until uh very late in the evening when the white house finally published it because the uh the YouTube video was marked as private and no transcript was provided. Now, I was saying I want to give them the benefit of the doubt that this is maybe, uh, you know, just a, they were moving too fast. Maybe it was an error. You, uh, you and I negative. this. Negative. Yes. Uh, <laughs> negative. Absolutely negative. I will tell you very why. Very clearly. I will be very clear. Very and I will circle back and very wily, very clearly tell you they wanted to hide this. Because I think, I, I, I'm not going to give you the exact reasons because I don't know. Just like I don't, I'm quite sure that they don't know half of why they do what they do. But uh, they wanted to hide this. I do not think it's a mistake that the White House accidentally made their press briefing uh, an unlisted video. Because you sent this to me and you were like, hey, there's no transcript available for this. What's going on? And I opened the link and I start, you know, skipping through the video and... It, the video's unlisted, so you can't even get to it unless you have the direct URL. And no, right. I'm sticking with my theory. This was not a mistake. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't think they deserve the benefit of the doubt at all. So I think it's probably, it's probably fair. But uh, so we're going to dig into some of that. I think we've got a couple of clips from from KJP yesterday, uh, talking about this incredibly incoherent foreign policy that we're watching. And uh, but also, you know, Joe Joe Biden did an interview on CNN with Jake Tapper last night uh, aired last night, and um, there. There's some 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 very good moments from this that we're going to break down and talk about, you know, Biden's rhetoric uh, versus KJP's versus, you know, the statements coming out of the White House. So why don't we start? I want to pull up uh, your I want to pull up the pre- your uh, your press briefing article real quick first, um, okay. because I just because I love it. <laughs> Uh, but I want to start. I want to just read a little bit. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre began today's briefing in celebration of National Coming Out Day and by sharing her own coming out story. Uh, I just find this is fantastic because as we are literally approaching, uh, you know, I mean, we are heading on a collision course with World War III. Uh, we're going to talk some about the foreign policy, but... Everything that they're doing with Russia, the egregious violations of uh, what would normally be considered foreign policy or common sense if you wanted to avoid a conflict, particularly with nuclear powers. And KJP decides, I should talk about uh, coming out day and then proceeds to butcher it. And one of these, one of the, so something that's interesting about this is that Biden has been proclaiming things in recent weeks like crazy right proclamations of of uh you know columbus day and indigenous people's day and leaf erickson day and yesterday he made made a proclamation that it was international day of the girl uh whatever that i mean i don't think they can define what a girl is but that's what it was but he did not do a proclamation on international coming out day i wonder the way that they're going to celebrate this um uh, in the White House is, is KJP sharing her story. So um, she said, quote, my family was traditional and, and conservative. Being gay in my family wasn't something that you mentioned out loud or celebrated, but my family, like many, many other families, grew to accept who I was. They saw that who I loved didn't change who I was as a person. And I said, KJP's story made me feel like I knew her a little better. It was touching to see her be vulnerable at the podium. I, I never knew that coming out had its own day, but I sincerely offer her and anyone else who celebrates this day the very bestest of wishes. Um, she continues, quote, the beauty of America is its freedoms and the promise that you can achieve your dreams no matter your race, sex, country of origin, sexual orientation or gender identity. This is something we continue to strive toward and fight toward, particularly as we continue to see a wave of anti-LGBTQ legislation across the country. So good feeling gone. She had to ruin it. Um, of course, she didn't specify which legislation that she was talking about, but ACLU tracks this. They actually have an anti-LGBTQ legislation spoiler. Most of the bills on that, uh, or legislation tracker rather, most of the bills on that um, are dead already in 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 the legislature they've already died these anti-lgbtq bills but spoiler the majority of the bills that she's referring to are focused on trans youth trans youth in athletics in healthcare decision making in regards to parental rights and so i said hey kjp let's be very clear 
being against the sexualization of children is not anti anything other than anti evil monster. And I went on to tell her, you should be conservative to your conservative traditional family. Had you grown up being conditioned and groomed like modern kids, I wonder if you would have ended up there as our barrier-breaking White House press secretary. Food for thought as you demonize those trying to offer their children equitable opportunities. So she had to go and ruin National Coming Out Day for all of us. Uh, Apollo, this is why we can't have nice things. National Coming Out Day has been washed it is over thank you kjp uh let's get on to uh let's get on to our, yeah, our scrotus, I just, shall I just we? Want to reinforce before we move on i just want to reinforce the point um i don't know any conservative right and i'm talking about people with conservative values i'm not talking about a party uh conservative appears to be synonymous with republican these days uh in rhetoric but it's certainly not from a value standpoint, when I say conservative, I'm talking about conserving the, the, the life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness that is enshrined in our founding documents and in the rule of law in the United States of America. I don't care, and I think most conservatives don't care who you love, right? We don't care what that looks like, where I draw the line personally, and I've been very clear. <laughs> I've been very clear on this on the record. <laughs> intended, by the way. Um, I've been very clear on this. Uh, stop sexualizing kids. You don't need to recruit and groom children for your, uh, you know, for your lifestyle if your lifestyle is legitimate. And they, they really seem, um, you know, this isn't about equal rights. This is about uh, destroying a next generation. And I have a real problem with the sexualization of children. Uh, it has nothing to do with being gay. Right. As we've talked about gays against groomers, I think you guys touched on this yesterday during the show. Uh, gays against groomers, uh, you know, are, are, are in this fight alongside us. This isn't bigotry. It isn't hate. It's protection and standing in the gap for our kids. Yeah. Amen. And I'll, uh, I'll argue with you without arguing with you uh, about that. You do have to sexualize kids uh, when your goal is to completely destroy their ability to think for themselves and think critically and have any ability whatsoever uh, to fight against this collective uh, subjective reality that they want us all to uh, to adopt. So if, if you want to you know, create a younger generation who is completely incapable of recognizing the evil that is being perpetrated and exhibited by our supposed elected officials... Uh, and, you know, break through this propaganda that the Mockingbird media has had over our nation for so long, then, yeah, you absolutely do have to groom the living crap out of children. And God bless their souls, truly. Intent, intent matters, right? Yes. Um, so, okay, shall we jump into uh, Jake Tapper and Joe Biden? Yeah, so Jake was uh, interviewing Biden. We've got We've got several several angles of this because it does tie in you know obviously with the statements coming out of coming out from the white house um and from the executive branch more broadly uh, but um you know polling shows that most democrats don't want biden to run again in 2024 uh jake tapper asked him about this let's go ahead with Z uh, a zero ahead of time <laughs> whenever anyone raises concerns about your age you're the oldest president in the history of the united states you always say watch me voters have been watching you democratic voters approve of the job you're doing democratic voters 
uh, overwhelmingly like you. Um, but one poll shows that almost two-thirds of Democratic voters want a new nominee in 2024, and the top reason they gave was your age. So what's your message to Democrats who like you, who like what you've done, but are concerned about your age and the demands of the job? Well, they're concerned about whether or not I can get anything done. Look what I've gotten done. Name me a president in recent history who's gotten as much done as I have in the first two years. Any not president ever. You may not like what I got done, but the vast majority of the American people do like what I got done. And so I just, it's, it's a matter of, That's a lie. can you do the job? And I believe I can <laughs> do the job. I've been able to do the job. I've gotten more done. I got the inflation reduction. I got all these pieces of legislation passed. And I ran on that. I said this is what I was going to do. And I'm still getting it done. We've got, you know, dealing with, you know, making sure the veterans get compensated for the for, you know, burn pits. The, the burn pits, making yeah. sure that we're in a situation where we finally have action on guns. And by the way, I'm going to get an assault weapons ban. Before this is over, I'm going to get that again. Not a joke. And watch. Want to bet? And so I just think there's a... Not a joke. Know, yeah, the a majority of, of Americans want that. Has anybody done more in the first two years of their administration for a guy who was... They've been saying this about my age for since I began to run. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know... Would you, you come work out with me in the morning? <laughs> anytime, anytime. The, the uh, um, big question, of course, is when you're going to make an official announcement about whether or not you're going to run for 2024 for re-election. Do you think you'll make a decision before the end of the year? Well, look, uh, I'm not going to make this about my decision. I'm going to make this about this off-year election. After that's done in November, then I'm going to be in the process of deciding. Is one of the calculations that you think you're the only one who can beat Donald Trump? I believe I can beat Donald Trump again. Oh, my God. Beat Donald Trump again. Uh, come work out with you in the morning. I'm sorry. Do they have, like, a senior citizen swim class that we can we can come take part in? <laughs> what with, in like, the world? The Where they with the with the floaty things, you know, um, my mom took one of those classes. She's in her 70s, and, and she said that was one of the hardest workouts she ever had was the the senior citizen water aerobics class. So maybe we should go check in with him. Apollo, I'm going to throw you a curveball. I just uh, dropped you a link to a Twitter uh, post from Sebastian Gorka in uh, our channel or in our DMs. I got it. And yeah, so him speaking about, you know, watch what I'm doing, see if I can do the job. I just want people to watch me, blah, blah, blah. President Trump uh, put together a compilation. Now, we definitely covered a lot of these videos on um, on Fun Friday last week, but this compilation has really good sound effects and other pieces. So I would say let's go ahead and let's just, you know, he says watch me, let's watch him. Yeah, so let me pull this in. Uh, but, I mean, number, Jesus, I mean, truly, sweet Lord. I, I can beat Donald Trump again. I mean, when he says, you want to see if I can do the job, do the job. Half of the stuff that you've passed has been executive orders. You hide in your basement still. You can't give any press appearances. Uh, every bit of your foreign policy and, and domestic policy has been a complete disaster. You're giving away more reserves from the strategic oil reserves. Uh, you're messing around and flaming... Issues with OPEC, who you've now made the United States uncompetitive with over the last couple of years. Uh, economy is crashing, and you say you can beat Donald Trump again as if you did it in the first place? If you have a workout class, it's probably you, like, attempting to climb stairs or get on a bike for about 30 minutes. And then the Easter oh, Bunny has to come get you off. Bike. Not a bike. He, he doesn't do well with bikes. <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe stationary bike is better for him, but definitely not a mobile bike. <laughs> I don't I don't know that they'd let that footage be public because him falling off it would be more of an embarrassment. All right, I have this ready, so we're going to play this video. So we had just a little quick video made up. Would you like to see it? How would you say your mental focus is? Oh, it's focused. <laughs> I, say it's, I think it's, I, I haven't, look. Let's get ready to bumble! <laughs> I think it's a right for people that have bad and kept care. <laughs> True suffer depression. God, I said, oh my God, I can't believe I said that. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. Y'all ready for this? I was going to put him in uh, foot. Corn Pop was a bad dude, and he ran a bunch of bad boys. Wait, 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 wait. All men and women created by the, go, you know the, you know the thing. If it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway. <laughs> we went for two reasons. One, to. Come on, man. <laughs> my, my, uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there. Uh, I've had a couple questions. But the nature, not. Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? She looks grumpy here. Um, uh, um, ready for this? What am I doing here? I'm talking. Uh, yeah. I got hairy legs that turn. That 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 that. Thank you for tolerance for listening to me. I appreciate it very much. What? All right, so let's. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, let's be very clear guys let's be let's be very clear corn pop was a bad dude yeah and um so you know go back to jake tapper right watch me watch me get the job done watch we we do right this is gaslighting they're gaslighting us that this guy is 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 great and has accomplished more things in history i think we have a, a cut on that as well um no, and no president got anything more done. Um, but in this interview, in this interview, just play A1. We, we, we passed so much legislation that significantly makes a, makes a point about, you know, for example, the American Rescue Plan, the, the legislation to deal with inflation, um, the, the Inflation Act. We- yeah, he goes on to talk about the Inflation Act, and he talks about how they're, uh, you know, they've really been fighting inflation with all of the spending. So, um, yeah, because that's, awesome. that's that's working great. Thanks for that, Joe Biden. Also, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, you're talking about the fact that you're going to ban assault weapons again, as you've sent now how many tens of billions of dollars to Ukraine, and are still advocating for. I mean, we now have. There was an actual headline that. Forces armed by the Pentagon are fighting forces armed by the CIA. Are are you out of your mind? We're involved in how many wars and and you know supposedly funding the humanitarian, uh, you know resistance of foreign citizens while you're again 
talking about banning guns? Yeah. So um, just back to the point uh, on on inflation and the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, CNN was reporting on this this morning. Then he's saying, I don't think there, I think we have an A2, an image from that CNN article. I don't think there will be a recession. If it is, it will be a very slight recession. That is, we'll move down slightly. It's possible. Look, it's possible, but I don't anticipate it. Right. So they're, they're talking about whether or not we're going to go into a recession. And remember, this is because they redefined what a, set, a recession is. So if you um, throw up a three for me really quickly, you'll see the White House statement on recession. What is a recession? While some maintain that two consecutive quarters of falling real GDP constitute a recession, that is neither the official definition nor the way economists evaluate the state of the business cycle. Um, two consecutive quarters of falling real GDP was a recession forever up until this moment, right? When we're talking about 2008 and the burst of the housing bubble and subprime mortgage and all of that, we were in a recession and it was defined as two consecutive quarters of falling real GDP. So they've now re uh and there's so many fact checks out there saying that the white house has not redefined recession um but they 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 absolutely they absolutely did right um if you look at uh this is uh from an article called the herd uh it's a a four after the white house changed the the definition of a recession which again fact check they didn't do um any mention of two negative consecutive quarters has now been scrubbed from wikipedia wikipedia has changed the definition of a recession and locked the page from further edits these changes were made during the week that the white house proposed a redefinition of recession to mean something other than two consecutive quarters of negative gdp growth until July 11th, the world's online encyclopedia included this definition of, res of recession as two negative consecutive quarters of growth. If you jump to the next one, but as of July, any mention of two negative consecutive quarters of GDP growth was removed from this section. A Wikipedia administrator then froze the edit feature, blaming a persistent addition of unsourced or poorly sourced content. Um, that unsourced and poorly sourced content was very likely the, uh, the, the definition of recession that has been used forever. Uh, Wikipedia's edit history shows that up until July 27th, users were making significant changes to the definition of recession with any mention of two consecutive quarters of negative growth scrubbed from the page. So they just lie and then they change the definition of things to match up with their lies that we see over and over and over again from this administration. And just one more point I'll make on this, Apollo, is investors, economists, bankers, uh, you know, the IMF is all meeting in, in Washington, D.C. for their annual conference. They're all warning that the U.S. is either in already or is likely to enter a recession in the coming months. Um, it's just more narrative nonsense. Yeah, they they have actually been very clear, unlike our, our White House. But they're doing the exact same thing with jobs numbers. He he's been bragging about uh, all the amazing jobs that they created. He, I think the last clip that we pay, played uh, last week specifically of that was we created 10 million jobs, and 886 of them were manufacturing. Uh, uh, you know, again, loving how love to know how he gets those numbers, but. They're doing the exact same thing with jobs numbers. It's a complete lie. The jobs numbers that they put out for last month were 
probably inflated by 50 60 percent because they're including like you know now you have all these people getting laid off and so they're going and getting another job they get a second job or a third job and they're working 10 hours here you know 10 hours there and they're in, they're, they're considering this all new jobs that they're creating because people are having to work two and three jobs to be able to to pay their bills and to feed their families that's not creating jobs you're just destroying the workforce and then using the same tax tactics that you have been to uh, to cover it up, and you're still not impressing anybody. Well, yeah, and on the point about jobs, you know, during the Obama years, uh, I think was the first time that they started including the creation of federal jobs in the jobs numbers, right? I mean, this is a, un a very unpopular yeah. opinion right now, but that's a cost center, not a profit center, and I don't think that we should be including, you know, jobs that the government creates in government that is going to be an additional cost. That's not an indicator of a strong economy. I, I think that those numbers are, are crap, but, you know, tomorrow we're expecting the new consumer price numbers to come out um, where there, there's been no... Uh, uh, you know, no forecasting of that from the White House yet. But uh, in Breitbart, I just shot you this as well in um, in our DMs. Uh, Breitbart ha has has published this morning the producer price index, uh, which of course is you know an indicator of the supply chain uh, rises faster than ex expected. So the the PPI is out today. Um, showing prices paid to U.S. businesses rose more than expected in September, dashing hopes that the Federal Reserve may be able to take a softer approach to restoring price stability. So, uh, you know, I think PPI is a leading indicator of CPI, and uh, we're going to we're going to likely see this reflected in tomorrow's CPI numbers. Well, and they've said some really asinine things, like, I mean, especially. One example telling the, uh, like, you know, gas station owners that they need to drop prices because Americans' wallets are hurting. I mean, what do you expect? They're, everything about their narrative is a complete lie. And how, how do they act surprised or then try to, try to take credit for anything, uh, whether it's from the past administration, the, the smallest uh, win they try to turn around and act like they're doing anything. They've made the fuel costs astronomically higher. They're continuing to do that, uh, and that's only accelerating in the next few months. The uh, outlook, given what's just happened with OPEC and now the, you know, them cutting oil production, he's dipping into the reserves again and trying to play it off like he's doing something positive. The producer uh, producer price index going up. The produce everything shipping costs food costs everything's going up that doesn't like magically disappear that impact when you go to the consumers that that gets that's basic economics that's going to get passed yes. off to the customers which is why everyone's seen prices rise and and th they have like a pikachu face it seems like and kjp can't get ahead of anything because they know that they're just going to get slaughtered when these new numbers come out just like they got slaughtered with the with the last jobs report despite trying to pad the numbers and and play it off like they've done a single thing for americans yeah there's nothing magical about it right and of course uh you know the the energy industry is a is a canary for the economy writ large and uh <laughs> we were a net we, we were energy independent and we were a energy exporter 
under the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. On Biden's first day in office, he by executive order unwound and, and did away with Trump's energy policy. And now we find ourselves in what is looking to be a, and I don't want to jump ahead because I know we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but looking to be a, a pretty highly contentious situation between the U.S. and the Saudis, largely based on statements and rhetoric coming out of this administration we now are dependent on foreign oil again we now are you know talking about what opec is doing these were things that under the trump administration were um much less significant to the u.s economy because of the policies that uh president donald trump had put in place and because of the work that he had done to you know jumpstart the engine of the American economy and bring it, you know, bring American strength, America first policies back, uh, back. We all saw it. We all felt it. Right. And this, uh, administration goes out there every day from the podium and talks about how no one has ever done more than Biden. And and this is the fastest recovery in history. And eventually I have to think people are going to say, what you're saying doesn't match reality, right? I mean, we're all saying it because it's it's obvious, but for people that are reading headlines or, you know, just, just checking in with CNN to get the latest on what's coming out of the White House, I, I feel like there has to be a tipping point soon where people are starting to realize that this is this is narrative gaslighting. It's all lies that they're that they're telling us. Well, and I think that in some ways you know, I mentioned the collective subjective reality. Uh, I think they had it easier under Trump because they could say that they were doing all of these things. I mean, it, w- it was the same kind of deal because they were saying the country was falling apart and every- everything was awful while Americans were uh, reaping the benefits of a lot of Trump's policies. But now it's getting so bad and there's no way that they can they can actually claim that any of it was Trump's fault anymore, though they continue to try. They still uh, do. <laughs> <laughs> Though they continue to try, there's no way that they can they can pass this off anymore. And so as they continue to gaslight everyone and say, look how good we're doing, everything's better, thank God that Trump isn't in office, I have done more than you know the thing, and, uh, you know, jobs are great, fuel's great, costs are great, uh, the economy's great. People, even if they've been buying this narrative hook, line, and sinker for so long, there's only so far that it can go before they start to look around and see, okay, I'm being told that the sky is blue and it looks pretty purple to me today. Uh, there, there's only there's only so much time. Yeah, you're a crazy conspiracy theorist. Um, so I want to get into the foreign policy stuff uh, more deeply because there's there's so much happening there and these these global chess chess moves are. Um, they're, you know, they're, 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 they're very interesting. But before we do that, I there's a couple of cuts um, that I want. I just want to very quickly, let's, let's look at Hunter Biden. Um, and what does Joe have to say about Hunter Biden play A6? Our reporting, CNN's reporting and the Washington Post reporting suggests the prosecutors think they could, they have enough to charge your son Hunter uh, for tax crimes and a false statement about a gun purchase. Um, personally and politically, um, how do you react to that? Well, first of all, I, I'm, I'm proud of my son. This is a kid who got, uh, not a kid, he's a grown man. He got uh, hooked on, uh, uh, like many families have had happen, 
hooked on drugs. Uh, he's overcome that. He's established a new life. He is, um, uh, I'm confident that he is, what he says and does are consistent with what happens. Um, and, uh, for example, he wrote a book about his problems and was straightforward about it. I'm proud of him. He came along and said, by the way, this thing about a gun, I didn't know anything about it, but turns out that when he made my application to purchase a, a gun, what happened was he said, I guess you get asked, I don't guess, you get asked the question, are you on drugs, you use drugs? He said no. And he wrote about saying no in right. his book. So I have I, I, I great confidence in my son. I love him. And uh, he's on a straight and narrow, and he has been for a couple of years now. And I'm just so proud of him. Come on, man. So the answer there is these charges, of course, relate to Hunter Biden lying on a gun application, lied, as Joe Biden said, to, to say that he wasn't on drugs when, in fact, he was on drugs. And so he lied on a on a on a federal background check for uh, for firearm. And um, Joe says, well, he he talked about the lie in the book. So I'm really proud of him. Well, this is the same set. Okay, you're proud of him. Great. And you know what? I'm sure maybe there's some familiar love. But uh, yeah, definitely no massive crimes. Definitely not selling out the United States for uh, personal games, selling state secrets, you know, possibly, uh, well, I say possibly with a, with a little bit of a wink, but engaging in, you know, uh, gain of function research that violates all kinds of treaties and, you know, for the purposes of ostensibly if any of this is proven true which i think it already has been that they were quite literally planning crimes against humanity in order to wreck this globalist state uh, but again this is the same i just want to remind everyone this is the same duty's proud of if you have a piece of crack yeah, his tone on drugs is also no changed bigger huh? than this quarter that i'm holding in my hand one quarter of one dollar we passed a law through the leadership of senator thurman and myself and others a law that says if you're caught with that, you go to jail for five years. Let's skip ahead. To cordon them off from the rest of society. They are in jail. Away from my mother, your husband, our families. So, I don't so you know, I don't mean to disparage anyone who has drug problems because I really do wish them the best. The best. Um, but again, this guy is involved with uh the you know ccp doing deals with them under joe biden's name giving him political favors i'm sure he would be proud of him and frankly i hope well, hunter biden flips on this whole administration this episode of conservative daily is brought to you by dcf guns they're not just a supporter and a partner of the show, they're an organization that is on the front line of promoting safe and responsible gun ownership. Along with being a staunch defender of the Second Amendment, they have a lot of different things inside of their three ranges and stores. So they have a gunsmith at every location. They have the ability to do massive amounts of training, uh, anything from beginners all the way up to uh, competitive shooting. Um, they're also the best gun store in Colorado. 
Uh, between a mar massive arsenal of top-tier firearms, competitive pricing on ammunition, they're a go-to resource for newcomers and expert shooters alike. Memberships there start for as little as $25 a month and offer an arsenal of benefits beyond that, such as store-wide discounts and special access to training. Even better, what you're seeing right now is DCF Guns also has an e-commerce option, meaning you can take advantage of the awesome prices without leaving your home. Just visit dcfguns.co and start browsing. I do want to tell you that as a listener of conservative-daily.com, you get an additional 5% off everything in the store. You have to use discount code Joe. That's J-O-E. That's discount code Joe. Go to dcfguns.co and use discount code Joe. J-O-E. That's me. Or it's coffee, cup of Joe. Um, but you can go there and save an additional 5% off every single thing on the site. Um, as always, we'll keep the range hot and the deals hotter only at DCF Guns in Castle Rock and Colorado Springs and now online, available to everyone across the entire country. Well, and, and quite frankly, I mean, I, I wholeheartedly disagree with the federal government uh, with, you know, the approach that Joe Biden is, is describing there about criminalizing possession right uh, of drug addicts in like tiny tiny minute you're out of the society you're in jail you're in this this is the same kind of policy that they've applied to uh you know to marijuana charges and others crack is a terrible drug it's absolutely horrible and it destroys lives you do not win the quote unquote war on drugs spoiler alert drugs one you don't win the war on drugs by going after addicts and you certainly can't win the war on drugs without securing the border, the, the U.S. southern border, where the majority of deadly drugs come over, manufactured in China, but come through our U.S. southern border. All things that Biden will not address. But he's super proud of his son for admitting in his book, for which he was paid, probably way too much, let's be honest, um, for admitting that he committed a crime in a book that doesn't make the crime go away uh and i don't you know I, he lied on a on a on a gun check great I, I i care way less about that than the influence peddling and the selling out of american interests and all of the money laundering well and first of all you know glad that all of a sudden uh drug reform is so you know hot top of mind right ahead of the election that you you know you're going to get slaughtered in and all the Democrats are going to get slaughtered in. But you want to talk about the war on drugs? How about you address the fact that the majority of the drugs coming into America has been run by the, by the U.S. government? How about we talk about that? Going back to Vietnam, uh, going back to the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, the CIA was running drugs. Majority yeah, of it. Well, they were running them through yeah. the mob. That's where all the drugs were coming from. And it's because they wanted the competition to... They want, it allows them two things. One, they get to do it. And then any other competition, because it's illegal, they can crush them down, and then they have yep. a whole bunch of money that they can funnel to the FBI, CAA, whoever's running it, and they get all kinds of black slush funds. One example, uh, I think Gary Webb uh, was the one who talked about this and then eventually died, but they were running all kinds of drugs for decades and then uh, used the money to uh, fuel the wars uh, you know, with the Contras, the Nicaraguan, Nicaraguan uh, Contras. This is this is right. fact. This is absolute fact. Well, and it's the same playbook with guns, right? I mean, he said in that in one of those first clips that we played, we are going to get an assault weapons ban, right? 
Well, while he was vice president, we had Fast and Furious, right? Remember mm-hmm. when they came out and said the Obama administration had no scandals? Uh, there's there's a lot of speculation and um, and actually some evidence that the uh, that Benghazi, Libya, was used as as gun running uh, a gun running channel for the U.S. State Department under Hillary Clinton. There are so many crimes that keep getting covered up without even being investigated. And, you know, I don't I don't care about the US federal government going after somebody who's addicted to crack for possession. I think that's stupid and a waste of resources when we should be actually investigating the criminals who have gotten us into these positions in the first place. All right, let's talk about Russia. Russia. So today there is a a UN resolution vote. Um, On Monday, uh, Russia tried to get uh, a vote, a vote held in secret that that failed. Um, If you pull up B1, please. Yeah, thanks. Um, So. Yeah, so the UN General Assembly will vote today on upholding Ukraine's territorial integrity. A test of the UN Charter it is the closest thing we have to a constitution for humankind versus Russian President Vladimir Putin's baseless narrative that he is liberating Ukraine from Western colonialism. I love I love the baseless narrative tagline. They should put it a hash, they should make it a hashtag whenever they write it. Back in March, majorities in every region, Americas, Asia, Africa, and Europe voted to condemn Moscow's invasion by a margin of 141 in favor and five against. The test is how close the U.S. and allies can get to those numbers again on this expanded resolution. Um, right, so on Monday, uh, on Monday, Putin or Moscow tried to get a secret ballot vote of the draft re- resolution, which failed. Um, and uh, there's a you know a strongly worded statement coming out of the G7 and and other organizations going further. KJP was asked about this yesterday uh, to kind of preview the vote today and what the U.S. is expecting, and she said, "quote Our coalition is strong. We have held the major democracies together. Putin has been counting on a split, as I just said, and he hasn't had it. It has not happened." So she talked about how their coalition with their allies going into this vote at the UN is really strong there's no division happening um i have some questions about that as well and she really talked about how they've been working towards a stronger europe and and the stronger europe uh is is you know going to make this this resolution a reality but then she was asked a follow-up question so if you know europe is stronger and you feel really good about this what kind of vote are you expecting are you expecting to see 100 countries um you know, sign on, sign on to this resolution. And she said, quote, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get ahead of what the vote is going to look like at the UN, but we've been very clear. We have been very clear as, as to saying to, to all countries, now is not the time. Now is not the time to support Russia's war. Uh, And she, she is, she did, she was very clear about that. She said that a whole bunch of times yesterday, but, um, Jake asked, uh, Jake Tapper asked Biden about this. Play B3. Do you think Putin is a rational actor? I think he is a rational actor who's miscalculated significantly. 
I think he thought, uh, you, may, you may recall, I pointed out that they were going to invade, that all those 100,000 or more troops there, and no one believed that he was going to invade Ukraine. You listen to what he says. If you listen to the speech he made after when that decision was being made, he talked about uh, the whole idea of he was needed to be the leader of Russia that united all the Russian speakers. I mean, it just, I, I just think it's irrational. So if, if he's not rational and... No, I didn't say he's not rational. You said the speech is what I, I think the speech, is, okay. his objectives were not right. I think he thought... Jacob Hold on, I just have to, I have to stop it. This is the same <laughs> dude who said that he, he, in his blood red speech, where he called the MAGA the biggest threat to democracy and very clearly demonized and made an enemy on the federal level. Yes, the red sermon. My apologies. Uh, moment of silence for the red sermon. He said <laughs> that he was the you know the one uniting the world. That I mean, he he refers to himself and his administration as the most unifying administration in recent history, and then he he calls. President Putin, who, if you look at the speech he gave last, uh, what, a week ago, Friday, uh, that we we pulled some of the uh, quotes from, I would say President uh, Vladimir Putin is doing a much better job at unifying the Russian people, but also in giving tips to other nations, uh, to the citizens of other nations. But that's just me. You can decide for yourself if you actually read the speech. Let's uh, continue. Let me welcome with open arms that this was, this has been the, the home of Mother Russia and Kiev, and, and they were, he was going to be welcomed, and I, I think he just totally miscalculated. So it's interesting there, John, you hear President Biden saying that Putin's speech was irrational, but pushing back when I suggested that he thought that Putin was irrational. No, that's not what I said, he said. So he's not, I, I guess he's, he's um, refusing to insult Putin, uh, but at the same time saying, that this entire campaign is not rational. Okay. Yeah, Putin so, is calculated, definitely. So it's interesting, right? Because he's refusing, according to Jake Tapper's, you know, assessment, he's refusing to insult Putin. But, you know, they're, they're very clearly threatening Saudi Arabia. Uh, let's go to C1. Um, let me pull this. Okay. Let's turn to Saudi Arabia. Um, some of your Democratic allies on Capitol Hill are afraid that the U.S. got played when you went to Saudi Arabia and fist bumped with the crown prince because now, obviously, a few months later, Saudi-backed OPEC is slashing oil production in partnership with Russia. The chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, Menendez, just called for a freeze on cooperation with Saudi Arabia, including most arms sales. Senator Durbin, the number two Democrat in the Senate, says the Saudis sided with Russia against the United States. Do you think it's time for the U.S. to rethink its relationship with Saudi Arabia? Yes. And by the way, let's get straight why I went. I didn't go to one about oil. I went about making sure that we made sure that we weren't going to walk away from the Middle East and what was going on. And by the way, today I just got off the telephone with the president of, of uh, I, I got off the phone with the Prime Minister of Israel and the President of Lebanon. They've worked out a deal. They've been at war, declared war with one another for a long time. They've worked out a boundary relationship along the, in the, uh, in, in the Eastern Mediterranean for oil. I, and they're going to make an agreement that is historic. 
We also got overflights for Israeli planes over Saudi Arabia. We got movement in terms of how we would deal in the Middle East with aggression from Iran. But it wasn't, you know, there were eight other, there were eight other parties there. It wasn't about, it wasn't about oil. Okay, but you but, would. But we should, we should, and I am, uh, in the process when the, when the, uh, uh, this House and Senate gets back, they're going to have to, uh, there's going to be some consequences for what they've done with Russia. What kind of consequences? Menendez says suspend all arms sales. Is that something you'd consider? I'm not going to get into what I'd consider and what I have in mind, but there will be, there will be consequences. There will be consequences. Uh, just, just throw up C2 for me, if you would, Apollo. Yeah, let's remind everyone what consequences might mean. If Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the, uh, the, the border of Ukraine again, then uh, there, will be, uh, we, there will be no longer a Nord Stream 2. We, we will bring an end to it. What do, what, how, will you, how will you do that exactly, since the project and control of the project is within Germany's control? We will, uh, I promise you, we'll be able to do it. Possibly this is a good idea to say to our American friends, we will be united, we will act together, and we will take all the necessary steps, and all the necessary steps will be done by all of us together. Today, will you commit today to turning off and pulling the plug on Nord Stream 2? You didn't mention it, you haven't mentioned it. As I already said, we are acting together, we are absolutely united, and we will not take right, different steps. We will do the same steps. And they will. Very clear. Very, very clear. Yeah. So, you know, when he says there will be consequences for the Saudis, that's a, a pretty bold statement from the, the president of the United States, right? And, uh, you know, we, we at Conservative Daily read all the news, we consume it all, we uh, have no delusions about the uh, intentions of foreign press, but uh, Arab news is absolutely, Arab news is of course state-sponsored, you know, scare quote news for the Saudi kingdom. Uh, so this is basically the Saudi kingdom. Absolutely seeing this as a threat. Throw up C3, if you would. Uh, this article is entitled, The U.S. Should Beware the Consequences of Taking on OPEC, and this dropped overnight following Biden's comments. Uh, throw up the next one, if you would. Uh, Saudi Arabia and other long-term allies, this is, a, this is not the beginning of the article, it's from the middle, but kind of summarizes the, the crux of the piece. Saudi Arabia and other long-term U.S. allies in the Gulf are committed to the peaceful resolution of conflicts. At the same time, they are not ready to be dragged into an anti-Russian alliance over conflicts they have nothing to do with. This position has been clear from the beginning, and it is shared by many other non-Arab countries, such as India, India Brazil, and China. The U.S.-Russia wrangle is complicated and ideologically based. Both parties lack trust in each other, and while Saudi Arabia and other OPEC Plus members support the territorial integrity of Ukraine, they have no qualms about dealing with Russia over mutual interests. This is the way the world runs today. Common interests are important, and America's allies see no reason to take sides in a conflict that is turning into an East versus West confrontation. 
While U.S. lawmakers blame OPEC Plus, they should listen to French President Emmanuel Macron, who last week rebuked both Norway and the U.S. for selling much-needed liquefied natural gas at four times the price they charge their own industries. Quote, in a spirit of great friendship, we will say to our American and Norwegian friends, quote, you're super. You supply us with energy and gas. But one thing that can't go on for too long is paying four times more than the price you sell to your industry, end quote. Macron said, quote, that's not exactly the meaning of friendship. So again, this is foreign press. This is Saudi press. So it's obviously going to be critical of the U.S. policy. But, you know, we live in the the digital age where the president can make cons- can make comments saying Saudi Arabia is going to uh, to feel consequences, not say what that means, make a similar kind of I promise you we're going to be able to do it kind of statement and then think that they can be immune from any repercussions of that. It's very dangerous, the position that they're putting the uh, the U.S. in. And just one more point. You know, KJP did the same thing yesterday, and we, we have a cut of this that we'll play in just a second. Um, that actually, you know what, let's just go ahead. She, she was pressed on on this this question of Saudi relations and, and reevaluating Saudi relations yesterday. This was my favorite moment of the uh, press conference. Let's play C5. Well, before I play this, I just want to follow up on what you just said. Dangerous is an understatement. I want everyone to think they just – we just played the cut of Biden saying – you know, Nord Stream will, will shut down Nord Stream. They ask him how it's going to happen. There's a serious precedent now, which was international news uh, and had very damning accusations from several heads of state or former heads of state that the United States was involved in the sabotage of, uh, you know, foreign nations' energy lifeline, uh, which is going to have massive ramifications, whoever did it, for uh, a number of a number of countries and a massive number of people. There's a very dangerous precedent for him to go out and say, we're going to you know, punish them, but we're not going to say how. What kind of optics are those right now? Why in the name of God would you choose that uh, way to approach the situation when speaking about a nation like Saudi Arabia after that, in- that complete disaster and the light that it shed on America, uh, especially given you know what it would indicate the United States is willing to do. Not like that's new to anybody. That's very, very dangerous. Well, and this is why, I mean, I say it's, you know, we we say that the foreign policy here is chaotic and incoherent. I think it's being generous, right? I mean, I think this is really irresponsible. At least the rhetoric is very irresponsible. And I, you know, appreciate, I appreciate KJP sticking to her talking points. Um, because I don't, I don't think she should be, you know, speaking off the cuff. Last time she spoke off the cuff, it almost caused an international incident with Saudi Arabia. Um, but, uh, I, I do think that the administration needs to get clear on what their strategy is and, and put something out there that's actually going to diffuse this situation because they keep trying to escalate it. So let's look at this exchange between this reporter. And this was again, my, my favorite moment of the press briefing yesterday. Uh, I love it when it gets contentious, but, um, (laughs) let's go ahead and play this. 
Thanks, Shreen. Just to follow up on some questions from my colleagues uh, about this review in Saudi relations, um, you said the president is taking it very seriously, but you also said there's no person leading it or a timeline for it to be completed. Is this more of a rhetorical strategy, or is there actually a review with some sort of substantive oh. plan and action? Because today there's been no details about that. Well, is it really he's already directed. Uh so. Just in case you missed you missed the quote, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna read it for you because I love that question. Uh, just to follow up, you said the president is taking it very seriously, but you also said there is no person leading it or a timeline for it to be completed. Doesn't sound very serious. Is this is this more of a rhetorical strategy, or is there a, actually a review with some sort of substantive plan in action? Because today there's been no details about that. So that's the question that he asked. Go ahead and play her answer. Uh, you know, the Department of Energy to deliver another 10 million barrels of oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, and he will continue to direct additional release as appropriate. So he's taken actions. He took a, no, I'm just, I, no, I, I get you, but I want you to know that he is taking this seriously by taking Pause action. Pause it real quick. One. Uh, you know. So, of course, we can go to the transcript, and it's really hard to hear what that reporter says. So she says, so he's taken action. Um, sorry, I just lost my place on this quotes. So she says he's, you know, so he's taken actions and the reporter says, but that has nothing to do with the Saudi relationship. So he asked about Saudi relationship. She said the Biden has directed the Department of Energy to deliver 10 million barrels of oil from the SPR. Uh, and he says, but that has nothing to do with the Saudi relationship. Okay, go ahead. And so he will he will continue to take those types of actions and use the tools that he has to make sure that we're dealing with this incredibly important issue. Look, um, we have said the president has said from the beginning of his administration that we need to, uh, you know, redefine this relationship that we have with Saudi Arabia. This is something that he has said uh, for some time. And because of their action, they took this action just last week. The OPEC Plus decision that they've made, and uh, and you know, which was a disaster. I have said this. I've said this plenty of times uh, at this podium already. Is that we see that they're they're aligning their energy policies uh, with Russia. Look. I'm not going to get ahead of this. Uh, you will hear from us when we lay out uh, what uh, what actions uh, we are going to take. We're going to review them. Uh, but again, I'm not going to get ahead. Uh, and this is something that we take very seriously. And does the president have any regrets about his trip to Saudi Arabia and his meeting with MBS and other Saudi leaders? No, I just laid out uh, an agreement, a historic agreement that was made by Israel and, and Lebanon. And no, he does not. He and does not regret it. So does the president have any regrets? Oh, hang on, my window just closed. Does the president have any regrets about his trip to Saudi Arabia and his meeting with MBS and other Saudi leaders? You'll remember that he uh, notoriously high-fived uh, Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. Uh, KGP, no, I just laid out an agreement, a historic agreement that was made by Israel and Lebanon, and no, he does not, he does not accredit the reporter, but that's not with Saudi Arabia, that agreement. It's Israel and Lebanon. I'm talking about the Saudi portion of the Middle Eastern trip. So again, it's it's pretty incoherent, this, uh, this at least Middle Eastern strategy and, and how they're, they're planning to reassess the relationship with Saudi Arabia. Uh, I don't know, Apollo, what are, you, what are your thoughts? Well, okay, so here's my question. You, you can pair 
these kind these press statements and she constantly says we're not going to get ahead of this um but again regarding things that they and should probably know their narrative for but yeah she's been oh she's been very clear and everything is top of mind but i mean you look at at trump's uh press secretary you look at kaylee i mean number one the administration but her as well clearly she's better at her job but they had a clear direction they knew what, where they were going and so a lot of these questions it was very very difficult uh, to catch them off guard either the trump administration the white house uh in the press conferences when they were asking and trying to pin down McEnany on these things do you even think that kjp knows what the next move is because it seems like all they're doing is trying to uh create a buffer and uh you know and, and they're just reacting to yeah every misstep that the administration continues to make and the you know i mean everything from the economy every question that they get every day it's like okay so now we have to you know walk ourselves out of the deep mud and <laughs> that's all that she's there for it doesn't seem like she's yeah. actually giving statements on anything no so i have a theory on this um and i don't want to get into you know who who is a better press secretary uh kjp or or kaylee mcenany obviously kaylee mcenany is a better press secretary but i don't i don't think it's because of um you know immutable characteristics i don't think it's because of i think there's definitely um there's definitely something to be said about being articulate as a press secretary, but I really think this has to do with the the difference in the role of the press secretary in the two different administrations. So with Kay they, they both have books, right? They both have index books with all of the topics and all of the statements. They both refer to those books as they're going through. The difference is when Kaylee McEnany would be asked a question she would go to that portion sometimes she would read a statement but most most usually she would look at what was in the book for that point and then she would engage with the reporters in a dialogue about it with kjp she go, she gets the book she gets the question she goes to the point and then she reads the statement and to me it speaks to who is internalizing the message who is a core part of the presidential team i don't think kjp is i think that kjp is getting you know her statements and her talking points and if she doesn't have talking points for that she says we've been very clear about this and then moves on to something else because she can't speak to it i don't think that she understands the policy the um the macro you know geopolitical picture in the same way that katie mcenany uh, that uh, uh uh mcenary did and i think that that is because uh i think they have different roles in the administration i think that that kaylee mcenany was was a core part of the administration who was focused on shaping the message she was focused on understanding she truly internalized and understood the policy so she could speak to it without having to read a statement whereas i don't i don't think kjp can i don't i don't know if it's just that she's not read in or if she you know doesn't have the the breadth of knowledge to be able to engage in more of a dialogue with reporters as opposed to the the blocking, you know, the, the, the kind of dodging of questions and whatnot. But I mean, I, you know, it's just, it's just my theory as somebody who studies media. <laughs> um, do you want to play the rest of this? We've got about a minute left in it. 
Yeah, I do, because it's going to tee up the next couple of topics where we are almost out of time. Well, we're out of time, but we are almost done. And I do want to um, just talk about these last two things that she mentions in this clip. What, what I'm saying is that trip was so in, important uh, uh, for, for, for our national interest and also for the American people. There are a couple of things that came out of this uh, of that trip that was one of them uh, but also the focus uh, abroad as you know was for for the middle east region the president was able to engage as we all know with uh, 13 leaders to discuss a range of issues from iran to yemen to the 5g and if you think about yemen that is very much uh, a, a part of of uh, saudi arabia it was a was very much a part of of that yemen truce uh, that we have seen the president uh, set forth okay, an affirmative down. agenda that's good enough. For more. So first, she mentions Israel and Lebanon. And of course, he says, you know, the reporter says that's not that that doesn't have anything to do with the, the relationship between Saudi Arabia. She says, well, that's very I, I mentioned it because it's it's very important. This historic deal, right? This this historic uh, this historic deal that that Israel and Lebanon have struck. So I just want to be very clear about, uh, you know, what's happening with Israel and Lebanon. So this, uh, you know, the U.S. is acting as a mediator in this uh, and successfully got the, the maritime boundary uh, deal. This is potentially stabilizing and good for the region, but you'll notice that there was no joint signing ceremony, no, no photo opportunity. And that's because Lebanon doesn't recognize the existence of Israel. Uh, you know, in my opinion, Lebanon is a is a vassal state of Iran. It's uh, this is not just my opinion, run by Hezbollah, um, and so they their their premier, Lebanese premier, is uh, quoted again in the Saudi news, and, and Saudi is the Saudi Arabia and, and Iran are are not allies, right? So they're always going to take that that slant. Uh, quote, this is again the Lebanese prime minister of this deal, quote, we will submit to the agreement in the UN. Uh, this agreement is not between Lebanon and a country that we do not recognize, but rather with the US, end quote. So yes, it's good that they were able to strike a deal on, on uh, maritime boundaries, but it's not, this is not a, you know, she said earlier during her comments that the Biden policy is further integrating Israel into the Arab world. This doesn't feel like that. Uh, and then the second thing she mentions is the the truce in Yemen. And it was interesting because she she was talking about the truce in Yemen as a real uh, strong outcome of Biden's visit to Saudi Arabia as she's dodging the question about, you know, Saudi Saudi relations. Uh, CNN is reporting this week that the truce is not holding. This is not uh, actually a great, the, the article is entitled a failed truce, C8, a failed truce renewal in Yemen could further complicate U.S.-Saudi relations. Uh, with one side backed by Iran and the other by Saudi Arabia, it remains to be seen whether the U.S. will support its Middle Eastern ally, Yemen, after last week's whopping oil cut, seen as a snub from oil-rich kingdom to the Biden administration ahead of the U.S. midterm elections. So it's, it's very clear to me that uh, the reason KJP is not expanding on the Saudi um, 
the Saudi relations question, and you know, aside from the fact that she hasn't been given her talking points yet, is that they're figuring, they're they're trying to figure out what their policy is because these these moves and counter moves are not going well for uh, for U.S. Of course, that's my opinion, but. Well, you talk about moves and counter moves. I would uh, definitely bet on the Trump administration if I had to wager money on a chess game. And the same goes through for you know the world political stage right now. But uh, you know we will we will keep our eyes on the walking dumpster fire that is KJP. But I know we are out of time, so I want to make sure we do have a fax blast today, and it's an important one as well. Um, we do. We do, we do have a fax blast today. So yesterday, uh, the trial of Igor Danchenko uh, kicked off. Of course, he is the primary subsource of the Steele dossier. He's been indicted on five counts of lying to the FBI. So the first person to testify in this trial was FBI analyst Brian Auten. And uh, his testimony is pretty explosive. We haven't, I don't believe, heard this before. Otten testified that the FBI offered $1 million to Christopher Steele, the ex-British intelligence agent for whom the dossier is named, if he could corroborate the allegations against former President Donald Trump and members of his 2016 campaign. Steele was unable to corroborate the claims because, of course, they were fabricated, though that didn't stop the federal government from conducting the $50 million Mueller investigation based on this document uh, dossier, this fraudulent dossier that they knew was fraudulent. And it's not just that they knew it was fraudulent. The FBI offering a million dollars to Christopher Steele to corroborate the allegations, I believe, and I'd love it if we could get, you know, Randy Corcoran or a lawyers, you know, somebody on to, to talk about this. Uh, it, it It's them creating a legal predicate, right? It's them creating the 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 claims to be able to go after Donald Trump, they knew it was false from the very, very beginning. And so I'll read a little bit from our letter to Congress today. You knew you'd get caught and you decided to put the country through it anyway. We won't forget accountability is coming. Steele was unable to corroborate these claims because of course they were fabricated. That didn't stop you from conducting the 50 million Mueller investigation based on that dollar uh, dossier. Many of you still repeat the lies of it all after, despite it all, sorry, being completed as completely exposed as false. We're looking at you, Adam Schiff. Even Jerry Nadler told Schiff that what he was doing with the first impeachment was wrong, but that didn't stop him from participating. Otten's revelations about the FBI involvement in the creation of the legal predicate for years-long investigations of a sitting president must be immediately investigated. And of course, we always have a demand for remedy. You have this moment to choose your constituents over corruption and cover-ups. Start talking about what you knew about the FBI involvement in fabricating this investigation, when you knew it, and who enabled it. Public trust is at an all-time low, and it will likely remain there until the criminals and government face some accountability. Remember your oath. So uh, we've been sending thousands of faxes to Congress this week. Uh, each each or each member of the legislature is getting these multiple times. Let's keep sending them. Let's paper these people in faxes. Of course, when it comes in through a fax, 
it's uh, you know printed off, it's included as part of the official record, and it has to be absorbed by a staffer. So um, if you're not a Conservative Daily member, you can send this campaign and every campaign for free. If you haven't sent any of the campaigns or if you've only sent a few and you're a Conservative Daily member, go back and send them all. Um, and if you're not a Conservative Daily member, we are working very hard to pack loads of value into this for you uh we're gonna have some new merch coming out soon we're gonna be doing more behind the scenes comment content we're gonna be doing more cultural less political content we've got a lot of stuff planned um but we need you this is a uh, you know listener listener funded show and platform and we need you so join conservative daily uh either way go and send the facts today yeah, and I think it's important to remember, guys, we do have to keep the pressure on right now because, you know, as hard as they're pivoting and trying to wiggle the way out of the, uh, you know, again, the dumpster fire that is foreign policy, that is the economy, that is the uh, the press briefings, and that is the polling that's taking place now. We showed you one uh, the last couple of days about how majority of Americans think fraud was an issue in the election. Uh, they know that they're going to be slaughtered, so we have to keep the pressure on. The reason that so many people are waking up is because there are more and more people who are speaking truth and continuing to do that. So, you know, we thank you for supporting us and allowing us to continue that mission. But you guys uh, have an obligation to take up that mantle as, as well. You know, we have all this social media. And if you're on True Social, if you're on some of these things, you see that the information is coming out and that it doesn't matter what they do there. They can't stop it. And they don't have the monopoly on public opinion anymore. They don't have the monopoly on the narrative. That's because of shows like this, like Steve Bannon, uh, you know, our friend Brian uh, CanCon, and so many others who are now, uh, you know, becoming the media. This There's a massive paradigm shift in where people are getting information and the amount and the method that it is getting through to the American people. And it is spreading like wildfire. And all we have to do is keep the pressure on them, keep speaking and make sure that we're getting involved, uh, you know, especially in our, in our local areas. So, you know, it's coming up on the election time. Everyone make sure, keep spreading the word, show up, vote same day, vote in person, wait till later in the day if you want. Uh, so, you know, they have even less time, but don't do vote by mail. Make sure that you are continuing to speak out against all this. And we have a, there are lives on the line because, you know, we're still losing people to this COVID pandemic. There, there's been a number of uh, military, uh, you know, service members who are, have been found dead in the last few weeks. This is getting reported on widely. Uh, you know, we, we cannot allow the embarrassment that the U.S. is on the, you know, on the political, on the world stage to deter us from having faith in our nation and in our citizens. So just keep the pressure on and keep... Uh, in the fight because we are winning and I do believe that we're going to win this. And Apollo, we didn't even get into uh, to COVID today, but like the first half of the briefing yesterday was all about COVID, COVID policy. There's a massive push for vaccines coming. Winter is coming. Um, and they are, they've confirmed that they are targeting the elderly and minority populations with these 
updated bivalent vaccines. If you missed the, you know, we went through some of it today, but if you missed the briefing recap, you can read that always on conservative-daily.com. Go check out what they're saying about COVID and we'll definitely keep keep following that because it is election season, which means it's COVID season. Um, They also kind of admitted uh, that COVID is just like the flu. So we're going to wait and see if Dr. Zha gets uh, banned from Twitter for uh, misinformation for for saying that because, you know, we did. Um, but I'd like to, to go ahead and pray if that's all right with you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And just real quick on that point, they I, um, was it this morning? They, the FBI or not the FBI, the FDA, they just offer authorized booster shots for uh, for children. I think it was five to 11. Uh, I don't have it up right now, but. There, there are real lives on the line, you guys. The, at this point, any shot that is administered to somebody, if they don't die, it should be considered premeditated m- murder uh, or attempted mm-hmm. murder. And if they do, it's it's murder. It's that simple at this point. And so, uh, we need people to wake yeah. up, and we need people in the healthcare to to start picking up the slack and start speaking out more because this is a this is a crime against humanity, and it it has to end now. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I won't belabor the entire the entire piece. I really do encourage people to go read what they're saying about COVID, especially about uh, the impact to women's menstrual cycles, because that was pretty peak gaslight. But the bottom line of it is the leading cause of death in the United States of America is heart disease. Um, it's more than double the number of deaths by COVID. Uh, COVID is even number two. Cancer is number two. Uh, cancer is double the number of COVID. Heart disease is the number one leading cause of death. You know what causes heart disease, Apollo? mRNA vaccines. mRNA vaccines are now, according to the CDC, uh, one of the the side effects, we all know this, is myocarditis. What's another name for myocarditis? Viral heart disease. Uh, So they know that heart disease is the leading cause of death in the United States of America. They know, according to their own data, that these vaccines cause heart disease and they are pushing them anyway. This is uh, Nuremberg level coercion, and uh, we we will have accountability. We will. We just have to, as, as you're saying, you know, shoulder to the wheel, stand in the gap, keep the pressure up, because they're really counting on us getting bored or getting discouraged and going back to our lives and and not not watching them anymore and not holding them accountable and not asking them to clarify their words. And that is something we cannot do at this point. Yeah. Amen. All right. Well, I'll go. I'll go ahead um, and pray. Thank you so much for letting me join you this oh, morning. Fun. I uh, I know as I was as I was writing the press briefing yesterday, and I had um, some some. We just switched over our internet providers, and we had some issues, and so I was having issues getting on and off with writing it. And every time that I got to a certain point, that you know the points that we've read through today, I call Apollo. Oh my gosh, you're not going to believe what you just said. <laughs> no, I'm really happy to be able to share it all with you in audio form and not just uh, written form. And and I think we're going to try and do a little bit more of that, uh, you know, breaking down their their briefings and their words on the show as well as on the site. But let's go ahead and pray. Father God, master of the universe, king of the universe, king of all things, you are sovereign. We commit our day to you, Lord. We commit our path to you. We commit this content 
to you and we just ask that you would bless this audience and that you would descend your spirit upon us let us feel you and know you are with us during this time where so much chaos and confusion has people in fear or has people discouraged lord we ask that you would give us the spirit of boldness that you would allow us to fear not as you tell us in your precious word that we would recognize and realize that we are here if you are still on earth during this time you are here for a purpose you have created us lord for such a time as this and i just pray that you would speak that into the hearts of everybody listening Father God, I pray for the Biden administration. I pray for KJP. I pray for Jake Sullivan and for these people who it's it's hard because that they, for all intent and purposes, appear to be doing evil on behalf of the enemy. But Father God, no one is irredeemable and you want that none should perish. So Father God, I lift them up to you and I pray that you would reveal yourself to the people in government in a mighty way, Lord, and that the demons will flee at the sound of your name. I pray, Father, over the gathering of the UN today, over the gathering of the IMF today, uh, as, as world leaders come together to play God and to try to execute their will and their purposes. Father God, I pray that you would infiltrate those gatherings and that your will will be done, that your kingdom will be realized. I just pray for this audience, Lord. I pray for Joe. I pray for everybody at the conservative daily team and lift them up to you. We commit all of this into your hands, Father God, and we ask that you would make us a generation that is obsessed with, that is in a state of desperation for your glory and your kingdom. Father God, we want your will, not ours. And we ask that you would help us to recognize the difference and to show us what your plan is for us during this time. I'm so grateful, Lord, and I thank you that I get to be a part of this incredible team and this broader family community of Conservative Daily. It is a great source of pride, and I just love that you are in the work that we're doing. Father God, stay in it. We commit it to you, and we ask all of these things in the precious name of your son, Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach, Maranatha, Lord, come quickly. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, we will see you tonight at 4 o'clock Mountain, 6 Eastern. Uh, thanks for sticking with us. I know we went over a little bit, uh, but the fight is on, so keep the pressure on, get in the fight. Uh, be that version of yourself that God is asking you to be and that we all need you to be. Ash, thanks for joining me this morning. God bless you all, and we'll see you tonight. God bless, everyone. If you want to watch Conservative Daily Podcast, we go live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time and 4 p.m. Mountain Time. You can find us live at conservative-daily.com, on Rumble, on Frank's Beach, where we go live on Lindell TV 2 at those same times, on DLive, and now on Odyssey. You can also find our episodes at brighteon.com. Make sure you also check out the link in the description to go to the Brighteon store and prepare you and your family with the awesome storable food and other products that they have there. You can find us on the audio edition at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, Audible, 
and everywhere else. Make sure you go and give us a five-star review and be that ambassador of truth. Share this episode with everyone who needs to hear it. Text the word FREEDOM to 89517 and we'll shoot you a text message when we're about to go live. Check out the description for our link to the daily newsletter so you get access to the fax blasts. We want to thank you for being a listener of Conservative Daily Podcast as we pursue truth and fight to restore our nation. We will continue to provide you with the most important information that the mainstream media will not show you. Now at conservative-daily.com, you have the option to become a member with us. Each membership option varies in access and discounts in regards to the ability to interact with the Daily Facts Blast, monthly savings, access to extra content, and interactions with the hosts and guests of the show. Go to conservative-daily.com and become a member right now for as little as $10 a month. Make sure you check out social media and find us everywhere at Conservative Daily and at Joel Oltman. We'll see you next time on Conservative Daily Podcast. It's time to do the hard work. Let's take our country back, patriots. God bless America.